It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, and today, we're going to be looking at Kellen Mond, now going into his senior year Is he not only the quarterback for Texas A&M, but the top quarterback in the SEC? So we're going to be looking at all 14 schools, looking at their quarterback situations, and where he ranks heading into the 2020 season. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media, at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love getting feedback from you guys. Whether it's positive, negative, you want to just give me a compliment, want to tell me what I'm doing wrong, I always love that type of style. So just go ahead and give me a follow, at Mr. Cole Thompson. Do not forget the mister. And secondly, at Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things Texas A&M related content, part of L. O-P-N. So give us a follow at Locked on Aggies and last but not least at Mr. Cole Thompson. While COVID-19 still has been taking over the world and we're not certain of what will come of it, Texas A&M and more importantly Jimbo Fisher have not stopped working their tails off in order to better prepare for the future. And that was proven on Monday when the Aggies added a big talent both at literal size and Figuratively speaking, when Westlake Hills out of California four-star defensive tackle, Victory Vodka announced his commitment to join the 12th man. The 6'3", 335-pound defender narrowed down his list earlier last week to the final five of the Aggies, Florida, Florida State, Michigan, and Oregon. And in the end, it looked like College Station came out on top. I think this is another thing that helps out with Fisher and his recruiting style, not just in recruiting himself, but how he sells the program without even taking a step on there. Listen, I've been to college in the SEC. I've been to, I think, 11 or 12 of all 14 schools. And I will admit, College Station, if you are into football, it is a great place. If you are into engineering, it is a great place. But if you're just going for a party school... While Northgate is a great area to go hang around, the the school and the campus is not as pretty as some other places, such as I would say Athens, Georgia, or Tuscaloosa, Alabama, my alma mater, or you could even throw in Columbia, Missouri. They're all pretty, but if you sell the program of what you're representing, that really helps out. And once again, Baca is another player who never made his official trip to Aggieland before signing with the team. He was expected to make his first trip down to College Station early in May. However, with the NCAA and its unseen dead period schedule, he wasn't able to do so. So he set up a, a, a College Station weekend for November 6th when the team will play Ole Miss at Kyle Field. He actually came out in an interview with 24-7 Sports and says, My official, I want to go see more in-depth look at the school i want to talk to the professors get to know my future what an apartment looks like see all the little things and extremities i already have a good relationship with the coaches so i just want to get a more in-depth look at everything else with the school and then from there vodka's already been deciding that he will leave school even earlier before 
even coming to campus. He said that he plans on enrolling early. He'll graduate in December and will get down to College Station in January. When you look at this guy, this is a big body player. This is if Mike Elko ever said, I want to go to a 3-4 system, this guy stays in the middle. He's bigger than Matabike. He's bigger than DeMarvin Leal. He's bigger than any of the other guys who play defensive tackle. You play them outside in a 3-4. This guy you keep in the middle. And I think it's amazing when you look at what Fisher's been able to do. Vaca is the third out-of-state defender to commit to the Aggies in less than 10 days. He joins Brooklyn, New York's Aramis Hall, four-star defensive end Jason Harris, and Cornelius Huff linebacker Casey Seegers. A&M now has six commits in their class, being in the top 100 Houston North Shore wide receiver Cedric Banks, a four-star quarterback in Eli Stowers, and four-star offensive tackle Trent Zahn. The Aggies still have a ton of catching up to do with schools like Tennessee, but they do come in after this, moving up 10 spots in the 24-7 and Rivals composite rankings into right outside the top 25 at number 26. But Vaca was not the only player to declare this past week about coming and joining the 12th man. Despite not having a spring ball season and there's no really big deal right now in the UIL system of the great Houston area, Fernando Garza has found himself a popular prospect for the past several months. The 6'5", 244-pound junior added a ton of numbers to his offensive style of play this past year for the Katy Tigers, and he made his decision as well to officially join the Aggies. He was offered by Texas A&M this past Saturday, and he waited less than five days to go ahead and add his name to the next roster. This is a huge win for one reason. James Coley, who was the offensive coordinator at Georgia before Schottenheimer took over, Jimbo went out and got him, not just to recruit, but more importantly, to add players at a respective position. Now, while, again, Garza has a plenty of time to learn. He's got Jalen Weidemeyer, who's still going to be there at least two more years. He has Baylor Cup, who's going to be there three more years. But again, you look at what they did with Blake Smith. You're going to use him in a flex. This will be your other guy that you can work with. Now you have James Coley, who built a great relationship, according to 24-7 Sports, with Garza, that... He was able to make this decision so quick. Some people wait months and months once they get offers. Garza waited days to say, you know what? I'm going to stay close to home. I'm going to be less than two hours away. I'm going to go ahead and go to AM. There really are three reasons I knew AM was the right place for me. One would be it would be so close to my family and home. It is such a big part of my life. I love my family to death, and I want them to be able to see every home game. Another reason is how they use their tight ends. They use their tight ends the exact way I want to be used at the next level. And for the third reason, it has been a dream school for me since growing up. It's one of those things where your dream schools offer you to play, and you like, where do I sign? All that was said by Garzan in our interview with 24-7 Sports when he did sign with the team. But again, 
Now you have another four-star talent coming to join your roster and make you even stronger than before. There's still a ton of spots left to be had for the 2021, the 2021 recruiting class. But right now, what Fisher's doing in the offseason, and especially what he's doing with coaches who are just getting acclimated to the program, it's doing wonders for the future, and it's adding talent that probably can immediately contribute. You're not sitting a 335 vodka as a freshman. You're not. You will eventually be able to move him into a full-time role. But even as a rookie, he's going to play. And he's going to play at least some. He may not play the entire time, but he'll play some. Fernandez, same thing. You're going to be able to use him. Tight ends, the way Fisher uses them, the way his offense is set up, they're going to have playing time. You now need to worry about what you're going to do at quarterback, and you think you have the answer with Haynes King. If not, Eli Stowers, dual threat guy. Maybe this is your answer. Either way, everything A&M has done has now put them in the top 25 of recruiting, and while they're not, again, they're not at the high level like Tennessee's, and they're not at the high levels like Texas, and they're not at the high levels like Georgia's or Alabama's just yet, it's still early. It's May, and recruiting is going to keep going on until February. But imagine this team when everything is said and done, and you have all the players you need on your roster. But naturally, the only position that really matters to turn a team from good to great is the quarterback role. And with Kellen Mond entering his senior year, just how good is he compared to the rest of the SEC? We'll be breaking down every single quarterback in the conference and where he fits in just a quick moment. Howdy, everybody. It's Cole Thompson from Locked on Aggies. And much like you, I'm trying to stay in shape during this quarantine without going to the gym. But part of staying in shape is by having the right nutrients added to your body. And I think I've recently found something that really is not only great tasting, but great for me. And that's in Built Bars. Built Bars are more than just a tasty treat. They are a protein-packed power bar that keep you going throughout the days. And they come in 16 amazing flavors, all covered in 100% real chocolate, plus they're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy because it helps you lose and maintain your weight while also having a delicious flavor added to your mouth. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high in protein. Let me give you my favorite example for the peanut butter brownie. Comes with 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, and 3 grams of net carbs. 3 grams of sugar. You're not going to be able to find that anywhere else. Why don't you go ahead and try your favorite bar by going to BuiltBar.com and using the promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. Remember, that promo code is LOCKEDON for $10 off BuiltBar.com. So go ahead and try your favorite Built Bar today. Not only will you be building muscle, you'll be building confidence in yourself to look better when it comes time for summer season. Gig em, y'all. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. And guys, make sure you are trying those Built Bars. They are tasty. Their protein is amazing. There's over 16 fantastic flavors all covered in 100% chocolate. And not only that, but they will help you lose weight 
quickly. So go ahead and make sure you listen to us and get that BuiltBar.com offer from Locked On to get $10 off your first purchase. Right now, we're going to be discussing Kellen Mond and entering the 2019 season down last year at SEC Media Days. He came out with a comment that really shocked some people, not because of, I think, they didn't believe him, but because of the confidence in the rising junior made a ton of sense. I'm, in my opinion, the best one, Mond said, about the quarterback situation down in the SEC. That's not just because I'm confident, but I actually believe that. Again, there were times that Mon last year looked like the most competent quarterback in the SEC. Now, was he ever the best quarterback in the SEC? No, I don't think so. But he looked to be the most competent quarterback in the SEC. If you watched games like Mississippi State at home, UTSA, you can even throw in South Carolina's second half. You can throw in, I believe, the second half of the Alabama game and parts, bits and parts and several drives of the Alabama game. This was a quarterback who 100% knew what he was doing. But then you also have to throw in some other games. Arkansas, neutral site. That's not changing this year. Horrendous play. Ole Miss. While he did throw a touchdown, he got to Kendrick Rogers. Still a horrible outing overall. They get through for under 150 yards. If I'm not mistaken, there were three games this past year where Mon threw for under 150 yards and relied so much on his legs. And in fact, besides freshman running back Isaiah Spiller, who became only the second running back in school history to pass 1,000 rushing yards in a rookie year, that was it. He was the second runner because he was running for his life half the time because either his targets weren't getting open or his offensive line was letting defenders just bury back and get to him. It's hard to say last year was all a down year on his fault because at the same time, when you look at the quarterback play in the SEC, it was fantastic. And four quarterbacks from that division were drafted in the top five rounds. Joe Burrow from LSU, who under the direction of Joe Brady, had one of, if not the most impressive college football season you will ever have for an offense. Won the national title, literally beat the snot out of every team, including AM. He threw for over 63 touchdowns. The offense looked better. He had a Fred Bolitnikoff Award winner. He had another 1,000-yard receiver. His tight end was getting touchdowns left and right. The offensive line was blocking for him. Number one overall pick. Alabama's Tua Tungabailoa. Perhaps the greatest Alabama quarterback we've ever seen. Comes in at halftime in the 2018 National Championship game. 17 National Championship game. Leads his team into an overtime victory with a touchdown pass to Devontae Smith. They become the national champions. Next year, takes his team back to the national title game. Loses to Clemson. That's more so on play calling from Nick Saban and quality play by Clemson's defense, including that very dangerous front seven. That's not really on Tua Tagovailoa. This past year, another chance all the way running up to the Heisman Trophy ceremony. 
lot of conversation. Is it going to be Joe or is it going to be two? Hurts his hip against Mississippi State, season over. Not his fault. Not Mon- That's not Mon's fault. Lynn Bowden Jr., quarterback, running back, wide receiver, turned into a single-handed pocket passer because Terry Wilson got hurt in the second or third week of the season. Leads his team to an 8-4 and four year. Picks up a win in the, in the, I think it was the Music City Bowl over Louisville. He gets drafted, third round. He's changing positions. He's going to running back and being a return specialist, but he's a quarterback. And Jake Fromm out of Georgia, the guy that a lot of people thought was the smartest quarterback in the room, was the standout player. He just does not have the mechanics that teams look for in a starting caliber franchise quarterback. But he still went in the fifth round to the Buffalo Bills. You also look at Tommy Stevens. He got drafted. Seventh round pick by New Orleans. Kelly Bryant, former Clemson quarterback, goes to Missouri. 22 touchdown season. More so used for his legs with Barry Odom. Thought he had a good year. Didn't get drafted. He's now an undrafted free agent still looking for a home and more than likely going to have to change positions. There's really only one other quarterback right now going into this year, now that Nick Starkle has left Arkansas, that really stands a chance, I think, to make an impact because of the fact that they're on their team. And that's Kyle Trask, because Trask started, I think, week three or four when Felipe Farks got hurt and got thrown into the fire. And guess what? That team got 10 wins and went all the way to the Orange Bowl. A, a, a feat that everyone thought AM was going to be able to get to last year. Mond, he stunk on the road. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You watch him play in front of the 12th man. What a guy. What a performance. Every week, consistent, consistent, consistent. You take him out of College Station. It's like a chicken running with the heads cut off. You have no idea what's going to happen. Is he going to continue just to run? Is he going to get clobbered? Is he going to suffer an injury that costs him the rest of the season? I don't know. But I can tell you this. Every single game away from Kyle Field was significantly, not just a little bit, significantly worse than every game at Kyle Field. And that alone is a scary thought. That alone is something that I just look at and I wonder, is this going to be a continuous trend that hurts him? Because now, people are talking about him about potentially maybe even being in the conversation as a first-round draft pick. He better have a great year because as of right now, we don't know where he sits as the quarterbacks in the SEC. But luckily for you, our listeners here at LOA we're going to get those answers to you right A-OK. So make sure that you stick around and we will be back in just a quick moment, breaking down all 14 quarterbacks around the SEC and where number 11 fits. Will he be number 11 or will he be number one? Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. Let's get right to it. 
every quarterback in the SEC will be the reasoning for their team's success or their team's downfall. And Kellen Mond does not fall any shorter than any other player. So why don't we just look at the list of quarterbacks going into the 2020 season? Congratulations, you will not have to hear these six names right out the back. Joe Burrow's gone. Tua Tungavailoa's gone. Kelly Bryant's gone. Tommy Stevens is gone. Jake Fromm's gone. Lynn Bowden Jr.'s gone. So we already know we're going to have six new quarterbacks. Oh, and if you really want to throw this in here, Jake Bentley, the former quarterback of South Carolina, also transferred due to a guy who will be on this list. Number 14 goes to the team that probably needs wins more than ever, especially their head coach, Derek Mason, and that's Vanderbilt. All three quarterbacks who were on Vandy's roster last year are departed. Riley Neal, the starter, the transfer from Ball State. He was supposed to come in, change program. Team went 3-9. and nine. He's gone. Then redshirt freshman Alan Walters opted into the transfer portal. So now the Commodores are left with junior college transfer Jeremy Musa and freshman Ken Seals and Mike Wright competing to direct the new offense under coordinator Todd Finch's system. And without spring football, we have no idea who's going to take over this job. This is a death trap. It really is. And AM will face off against Vandy next year. So you could see all three of these guys getting the starting job. Next, Sean Robinson, Missouri. Admittingly, Robinson has a chance to really move up this list, but we don't know enough about him. And also, he did not have the chance to beat out Kelly Bryant. So that kind of hurts him. Uh, after a shoulder injury ended his season at TCU in 2018, he sat out last year. Uh, he's had some good games overall, but there never was a moment that when he was with the Horn Frogs, he had his game-changing, this type of guy moment. So Robinson, for now, you just kind of have to go with. You have no idea what could happen. Number 12, Miles Brandon, LSU. You know that year where that one team in any sport just is really, really good and then they go back to exactly who we think they are? That could be LSU this year, not just because of what they lost overall, but mainly because of what they lost at the quarterback position. Miles Brennan has been on campus in Baton Rouge since 2017. He's passed for 353 yards in mop-up duty. Since then, he wasn't able to beat out Danny Etling. And then Joe Burrow came along. And now there's rumors JT Daniels from USC could be choosing LSU. There's not a chance that I can move him up any higher because what if he's not the starter? This is going to be a problem. And if this is the LSU's starting quarterback, this is going to probably hurt them. And they're going to be an 8-4 and four 9-3 team is being generous. Number 11, Terry Wilson. A knee injury forced Wilson to the sidelines early last season, but he really was not having that great of a year to start. Uh, you also don't have to worry if Auburn's transfer Joey Gatewood can beat him out for the starting job. And in 2018, you have to remember, he threw for less than 200 yards in 10 of the Wildcats' 13 games. Yeah, they went 10-2, but part of that was due to their defense. The other part was due to their running game by Benny Snell. I'm just not really sure about this. Number 10, John Reese Plumley. I, 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 if it was Matt Coral on this list over Plumley, 
I would put him higher. But Plumlee, he led the SEC in rushing yards per game. A quarterback led the SEC in rushing yards per game. Do you know what his percentage of completion rate was? 52%. If Matt Coral is the starter, I will say this is higher. If it's Plumlee, I can't go higher than 10. And the only reason is because of if you're a quarterback who's leading the conference in rushing, that's you. That's not a team. That's not what I want for my quarterback. And Lane Kiffin, all aboard the Lane train, I have no idea what he's going to do. But say it was Matt Coral, he would be higher than this guy. Jared Guarantano from Tennessee. This is something that I I, I think I, I think that he's talented. I really do. I think that he's actually a better quarterback than people give him credit for, and he should be higher than number nine. But it really is just it's it's a marriage that's never worked with him and Jeremy Pruitt. He improved in the second half of the season. He passed for 415 yards against Missouri, 229 yards against South Carolina, and 221 in the bowl victory over Indiana. But again, he was benched multiple times throughout the season, and he was benched for certain drives. They never really had Brian Maurer would come in, and again, I won't mention Brian Maurer that much because there's been some things that he's been dealing with off the field that are very personal. But again, Guantano has never been able to maintain that starting role. But if he can beat out Maryland transfer Kaysom Hill, maybe he can. Number eight, I'm going to go Ryan Helinski for now. Helinski, I think, could be better. I think this could be the biggest riser of this group. I very much like what he was able to do taking over for Jake Bentley. He threw for 2,357 passing yards and 11 touchdowns. I'm not sure that starting freshman Luke Doty will come in and be able to make an impact. I think that if he improves as a sophomore, this is a top five quarterback in the SEC. Number seven, Felipe Franks. Franks was a guy who probably should not be at Arkansas. He really should not be in Fayetteville. But a guy who is ranked higher, unfortunately beat him out because of a season-ending injury to his shoulder. Now he has a chance to be the best quarterback on a really crappy roster. And again, sometimes quarterback play gets you further than you think. If Franks plays up to speed, he will actually probably take Arkansas to a 6 and 6, 7 and 5 season because he's done that with marginal talent before and I don't see him dropping anytime soon. Number six, Mac Jones, Alabama. I believe Mac Jones could be the best quarterback in the SEC this year. I do. But I also saw very little from him. He threw two pick sixes against Auburn. He had 327 uh, passing yards and three touchdowns that game. He has been kind of this Alabama stereotypical quarterback. I'm a game manager I will get the job done. He's not a game-changing quarterback. Bryce Young, California, who's coming in, five-star rate of talent, and also to his little brother, Talia, both are going to be in the running. Can one of them beat him out? 
For that reason, I'm not putting him any higher. Number five, KJ Costello, Mississippi State. I want Costello to be great. I really do. I think KJ Costello could be hands down the best quarterback this year because he's going to work with Mike Leach. Air raid offense in the SEC. You're taking that West Coast style, that Texas Tech built and branded style that Hal Mum came up with, and you're putting it in a conference that's known for just just dominating defenses. If you put him in, two seasons ago, Casello ranked 15th in the nation in passing yards with Stanford. He was injured last year. If he proves that he can play at this high of a level, he already knows the system. He already knows the type of plays that Mike Leach loves to run. Those cowbells could be banging a lot in the end zone this year. But until then, he comes in at number five. Number four, Jamie Newman, Georgia. I think Jamie Newman is a solid player. I think Jamie Newman is fantastically solid. Last season for Wake Forest, he passed for 2,868 yards, added 574 more on the ground for a total of 3,442 yards of offense. That's just 45 more yards than Kellen Mond. The question is, with the loss of Lawrence Kager, with the loss of Isaiah Wilson, with the loss of Andrew Thomas, is this Georgia team going to be able to keep Newman just as strong as possible? I don't know. Number three, for me, is Bo Nix, Auburn. Nix was a freshman. He was forced into the starting role as a freshman, and he still led his team to a 9-3 season. If he improves with Gus Malzahn, which again, every year it feels like Gus Malzahn is either a second away from getting a contract extension or getting fired. I need to see what he can do. Here's what I also know. He is a dual threat guy. He uses his legs. And behind a new retooled offensive line that could struggle early, he may have to show off his legs as much as he shows off his arm. But if his arm improves, this is the quarterback to beat in 2021. Absolutely. Number two. Number two is Kellen Mond from Texas A&M. I believe that he is one of the best dual-threat quarterbacks in the nation, and that 67-yard touchdown run against Oklahoma State in the Texas Bowl showed why. They have a more relaxed schedule. They have more things going their way. But I worry that that offensive line is going to hurt him. I also worry that having brand-new weapons, you have Jamon Osmond coming back, you have Jalen Weidemeyer coming back, and you're working with everyone else pretty much brand new. Cameron Buckley is going to be your number three weapon, and he probably should have been your number three weapon last year, and he wasn't able to because Anaya Smith beat him out. That worries me a little bit. And if this team is not 10-2, and you got a lot of problems going on your hands at College Station. And number one for me is Kyle Trask out of Florida. I think that this is the, this is the easiest case to make. What he did last year, taking over for Felipe Franks, taking his team all the way to a New Year's Six Bowl in year two of Dan Mullen, which was the expectation for Jimbo Fisher. 
This is the strongest case. He threw for 2,941 yards, literally just a couple yards shy of 3,000 last year, and he threw for 25 touchdowns. Now, he's going to have to have another replacement for Van Jefferson. That defense is going to have to get better because they're going to have to replace C.J. Henderson. But if they can do that, Florida is your easy front runner, I think, for the SEC East title. I think it's a lot easier to win the SEC East. I've said it for a while. I definitely think next year, as of now, it's Florida's to lose. And a lot of that is due to what Trask showed at the very end. So there we go. Real fast, we'll just go through everyone. Trask from Florida comes in at 1. Kellen from Texas A&M comes in at 2. I have Bo Nix from Auburn at 3. Jamie Newman from Georgia at 4. KJ Costello from Mississippi State at 5. Mac Jones from Alabama at 6. Felipe Franks from Arkansas at 7. Ryan Holinsky from South Carolina at 8. Jared Garantano from Tennessee at 9. John Reese Plumley from Ole Miss at 10. Uh, Terry Wilson from Kentucky at 11. Miles Brennan from LSU at 12. Sean Robinson from Missouri at 13. And I have no idea who's going to be starting for those Cully Commodores when it comes down to September. But that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. And while you're at it, why not listen to one of our great other shows surrounding our conferences, including Locked on SEC, Locked on ACC, Locked on Big Ten, and Locked on Big 12. Tomorrow, we will be breaking down if college players should be paid. There's a new study going around that college players are going to be able to start making some money off their likeness. How will this affect with AM? We'll see you tomorrow. And remember, kick him, y'all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.